The important news stories that you probably won't hear anywhere else, except right here on the Area 81 Newscast with your host, Joey A. Thank you, me, for that wonderful intro. So, I want to hop right into it. This week, we have a lot of stories to cover, and um, yeah, sit back and relax and enjoy. It's uh, non-COVID, non-political, just funny, interesting, and sometimes strange news stories, like this one. A New York man breaks the one-handed clapping record. When I read that, I was all in. September 1st, a New York State man broke a Guinness World Record for the most alternating one-handed claps in one minute. (laughs) Holy moly, he managed 853 claps. He made his hand clap. He made it clap 853 times. Corey Marcellaro, I'm sorry, excuse me, Corey Marcellaro of Rocky Point took on the record at Heritage Park in Brookhaven in front of witnesses including the town councilwoman, Jane Bonner. Masalaro managed 853 claps, an average of more than 14 claps per second. Uh, that is insane. That is insane. His total beat... A little bit of allergies going on. Forgive me, guys. His total beat the previous record of 685, which was set in 2019 by Hassan Agzali of Baghdad. This was my first time serving as a witness to a Guinness World Record attempt. And I must say, it was very exciting to be part of Corey's big day, Bonner said after the attempt. Video and audio evidence of the attempt is being submitted to Guinness for the official certification, which could take up to 12 weeks. Uh, 15, if you factor in COVID. Next story tonight. A factory malfunction causes chocolate rain in Switzerland. Insert chocolate rain song here. Yeah. A Swiss candy company confirmed a malfunction in a factory ventilation system caused cocoa powder to rain down on the surrounding area. Residents of Olten reported spotting snow-like cocoa powder in the air and on the ground near the city's uh, Lint and Spruingly candy factory. Lint and Spruingly confirmed Tuesday that the chocolate rain was result of a ventilation system malfunction during the production of a line of roasted cocoa nibs, fragments of crushed cocoa beans. The company said the strong winds in the recent days caused the powder to spread around the surrounding area and cause chocolate rain. Officials say they would cover any cleaning costs for vehicles or other property covered in the cocoa powder. I would have ran outside with my cup. Cup of milk. The company said the powder does not pose any danger to the local environment and or the ventilation system. Yeah, the ventilation system has now been repaired. That would be fun. Every kid might dream of something like that. And I would have loved it. Moving along tonight. A German university offers $1,900 grants for, quote, doing nothing. A university in Germany is offering idleness grants to Germans willing to abstain from activity as part of research for an exhibition on sustainability. The University of Fine Arts in Hamburg, mm, Hamburg, said three people will receive the grant for doing nothing and be paid $1,900 to engage in a specific form of active inactivity. 
classroom. The school said applicants are free to choose their own form of inactivity. <laughs> An activity to abstain from. And a panel of school officials will choose the three best pitches. Doing nothing isn't very easy, Frederick von Boris. Sorry, let's try this again. Doing nothing isn't very easy. Frederick von Boris, the architect and design theorist who designed the program, told The Guardian. We want to focus on active inactivity. If you say you are not going to move for a week, then that is impressive, Dr. Jones. But we want the diamond. Just kidding. If you propose you are not going to move or think, that might even be better. Um, I mean, they're pitching this to people at a university. They might want to do it to uh, some gamers living in their mom's basements. Uh, if you say you're not going to sleep, then you can only do that for a couple of days. But if you say you are not going to shop, then that's something you could sustain for a lot longer. Okay, I, I see what's going on. Van Bori said the idea is to explore the relationship between how society encourages sustainability and how society places value on material success. Um, you lost me there. You had me at do nothing. And $1,900. So, yeah. Moving along. Two large pythons crashed through a man's kitchen ceiling. September 1st, an Australian man called reptile experts for help when he arrived home to find two large snakes had fallen through his kitchen ceiling. Stephen Brown of Brisbane North Snake Catchers and Relocation said he responded to a Brisbane home Monday when a man called complaining of a nine and a half foot carpet python and an 8.2-foot carpet python slithering around his kitchen. Both these snakes were two of the fattest snakes I've seen. <laughs> As in an amount of muscle they had, Brown told CNN. He said the snakes were, quote, very well fed. Brown said in a Facebook post that he determined the big serpents had fallen through the man's kitchen ceiling before exploring the house. The snake catcher said the male pythons were likely fighting over a nearby female when they crashed through the ceiling. The snakes were safely captured, relocated more than a half mile away from the man's home, and promptly turned into a purse. A British man breaks the Guinness World Record for the fastest ice cream truck. A British inventor who set out to create more environmentally friendly ice cream truck broke a Guinness World Record when the food dispensing vehicle was declared the world's fastest. Guinness said Ed China broke the record for the world's fastest ice cream truck when he took it to a top speed of 73 miles per hour <laughs> at Elvington Airfield in Yorkshire, England. Uh, that's not very fast, I guess, for an ice cream truck. This, I mean, this thing looks like a, like a rocket. It's orange and white. It looks like a creamsicle kind of color. And it's a Mercedes truck, van. So 73 just seems like not that fast. Um, let's see, the inventor said his ice cream truck originally had a Mercedes Sprinter diesel engine until he used his conversion kit to make it run purely on electricity. China said he's hoping to make his conversion kit publicly available in the near future to allow ice cream trucks to continue their work without polluting the air. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. China previously set six Guinness World Records for vehicle speeds, including a 2006 record 
for world's fastest office, which achieved a top speed of 87 miles an hour, and I don't know what that means. And I didn't do any research on it. I'm taking it, it's a mobile office. Yes, yes, yes. South Carolina Lottery, drawing comes up two, 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 causing 1,400 wins. So there's 1,400 people that played the lottery numbers two, 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 two. The South Carolina Education Lottery said its pick four drawing ended with 1,400 winners when the draw numbers turned out to be two, 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 two. Lottery officials said the lucky twos came up Sunday night's drawing, marking a win for 1,400 purchase tickets. The lottery said a total of 3.5 million in prizes are due to be awarded from the drawing in amounts of 2,500 to 5,000, depending on the price paid for the ticket. Quadruple number combinations are by far the lottery's most popular played sequences. Lottery winners have 180 days to win to claim their prize. Uh, man, no comment. On a personal note, when Ethan was born, he used to run around the house saying, 333! 333! I don't know why. I always thought I should play 333 in the uh, pick three lottery. Maybe one day I will. Dennis Quaid adopts a shelter cat named Dennis Quaid. A Virginia animal shelter said a cat named Dennis Quaid will soon be on his way to a happy new home with actor Dennis Quaid. The Far From Heaven actor said he happened to see a TV story about a cat that shares his name at the Lynchburg Humane Society. Then he decided he had to have that cat. It was really off the wall, but I just couldn't resist. I had to, said Dennis Quaid. I'm out to save all the Dennis Quaids of the world. The actor said he recently launched a pet-themed podcast with Jimmy Jelinek and Dennis Quaid the cat will have a new home at the office they share. I didn't know Dennis Quaid was such animal man. Maybe they should just name all animals in animal shelters Dennis Quaid. Maybe they should name them after uh, celebrities. They put the stories out there and these celebrities will pick them up. This is our new... Uh, tabby cat, Lady Gaga. Danielle Ulmer, the adoption center manager for the Lynchburg Humane Society, said staff were in disbelief at first. They were like, there's no way this is the real Dennis Quaid. Someone is pranking us. Jelinek is planning to fly to Virginia from Los Angeles during the upcoming weekend to deliver Dennis Quaid to Dennis Quaid. Wow. Australia offering a paid position to live in a paradise on a tropical island. Conservation officials in Australia announced that they are seeking someone to take a full-time job living on a tropical island surrounded by the Great Barrier Reef. I'm listening. Queensland's Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority announced it is seeking a caretaker for the, quote, isolated tropical island Low Isles which is about nine miles off the coast of Port Douglas, Queensland. The caretakers live in a paradise on a tropical island surrounded by the Great Barrier Reef. But maintaining this tropical island is very hard work, said Mark Reed, the authority's assistant director of Reef Conservation Action. The position requires the winning candidate to live full-time on the island and complete duties including maintaining buildings and infrastructure, including the solar power system and sewerage treatment system. Liaising with tourist operators, cleaning toilets, managing weeds, groundwork, counting bird populations, and that's all. 
the authority is accepting applications through September 25th. So make sure you get those in for you guys. Okay. A Detroit woman was almost embalmed while still alive. A 20-year-old woman was pronounced dead after paramedics spent 30 minutes performing CPR on her. That's a pretty good effort. Uh, she was alive and conscious when she arrived at a funeral home over an hour later. So, uh, I'm just going to read this. This is from odd.com. Filed this one under serious nightmare fuel, man. Paramedics were called to the home of Tamisha Bochamp because she was unresponsive. They spent half an hour trying to revive her under the consultation of an emergency room doctor. It was that doctor who pronounced Bochamp deceased based upon medical information provided. No word on what medical information it was, but it seems like it was wrong and incorrect. We know that because when Bochamp arrived at James Cole Funeral Home over an hour later in a body bag, she was still alive. That might tell you that they were wrong. Oh yeah, she's dead. Wait, she arrived alive? Her eyes... Okay. Her eyes were open when staff unzipped the body bag in a dual nightmare scenario, probably giving them the scare of a lifetime. They would have been draining her blood, to be very frank about it, said Jeffrey F., hired by the Bochamp family to handle this mess. There's a long history of panicked people worrying about being buried alive. Side note, safety coffins were popular in the 18th and 19th centuries before embalming. They had mechanisms to help prematurely buried people stay alive. Safety features allowed the entombed but living person to signal topside that they were conscious. One model featured a dual-purpose periscope. First, it let air into the coffin, and the occupant could turn it to inform an, <laughs> an unfortunate passerby know that something was afoot underground. Tamisha Bochamp is in critical condition at Detroit Medical Center. There's an investigation underway to determine if the mishap was due to negligence from the paramedics or possibly the rare Lazarus Syndrome. The syndrome named for Bible story of Lazarus who Jesus brought back to life. In patients with Lazarus Syndrome, there's a delayed return of circulation from CPR. This is a terrible, tragic thing, said Fire Chief Jeffrey Menifee. We feel terrible about this. Like I said, the entire city feels terrible about this. Well, they should. They should feel terrible. Next. President Trump hands out his autograph. Sell this on eBay tonight. You'll get $10,000. Quote. End quote. eBay already has a number of pieces of Trump autographed memorabilia with bids for some of them reaching thousands of dollars. Donald Trump has suggested people in the midst of Hurricane Laura could sell his autograph for $10,000. The U.S. president was in Lake Charles, Louisiana on Saturday to see damage from the hurricane and to be briefed on the disaster and federal response. He signed autographs for some of those that were listening, saying, Sell those on eBay for $10,000. That would be 7,500 pounds for my friends across the pond. Mr. Trump sat down and called a group of people saying, Come here, fellas. Get over here. I want a little power. Handing over his autograph to an official, he said, And I already said this, Sell this on eBay tonight. You'll get $10,000. Telling another recipient that he is deliberately not putting his name on it as it would be more worth more without it. So instead of signing uh, to Jimmy, 
love President Trump. He just put Donald Trump. Yeah. Off the hinges. Well, good. I mean, let's, uh, you know, the state of the, the nation is in a, a depression, sort of, or a little bit of a, a dip. How about we just use Donald Trump autograph for currency? That will boost the economy. Kaboom. Let's do it. Trump bucks. All right. Moving along. Towards the end here. A poop transplant cures a man's disease that randomly gets him drunk. All right. So this is a potty story. Okay. So what is drunkenness disease? Uh, it's a condition known as the auto brewery syndrome, ABS. If you have it, your gut fungi and bacteria start fermenting the contents on your intestines, producing alcohol and spontaneously getting you drunk. You think that sounds pretty awesome? <laughs> think again. Imagine driving a car in heavy traffic and then all of a sudden, boom, you're drunk. Most people carry bacteria that produces alcohol in our intestines says sciencealert.com. However, in people with ABS, these little guys go nuts and produce so much alcohol that it starts impacting the patient's daily life. You can develop this condition without any prior indication or symptoms. For example, as a result of antibiotics. This is precisely what happens to the 47-year-old anonymous man in the story. He went to the hospital complaining that he was experiencing inexplicable moments of inebriation after finishing a dose of antibiotics. I haven't had a drink in four days, he said, but I'm still getting drunk. Doctors measured the man's blood alcohol, and sure enough, the man was not joking around. His blood contained over 17 times more alcohol than is normal, enough to put him twice over the legal driving limit. Since they were professionals in their trade, the doctors quickly recognized symptoms and diagnosed the man with ABS. They prescribed the antifungal drug, amphotericin, and a low-carb diet and sent him on his way. Unfortunately for this man, the treatment had no to little effect. After a couple of weeks, the doctors upped the dosage, but it did nothing. The pills do nothing. A month later, Science Alert reports that the man was not only still unwillingly getting drunk, but his wife could constantly smell alcohol on his breath. Some of you don't get any ideas. Don't get any ideas. Uh, no, honey, I don't have a drinking problem. It's just a fungus in my gut. Uh, the things came to a head when the man got ticketed for driving under the influence at a random police check. In a sense, it was his own fault. I mean, you know, what are you doing behind the wheel knowing you can get drunk randomly? Or was he telling the truth? I don't know. Everything was going so bad for this man. Uh, that's when the doctors suggested a radical approach. They told the man he could be cured. Here we go. Are you ready? They told the man he could be cured if he let them take some poop and put it in his butt. <laughs> in reality, the doctors probably used a different scientific term, fecal microbiota transplant. Still, that's a fancy way of saying we will put poop in your butt. Despite how it sounds, this transplant is an effective cure against some diseases and conditions. It works by introducing healthy gut bacteria into a patient what could help balance their own intestinal microbiome. Uh, the procedure is not necessarily done through the butt. <laughs> you can get poop inserted into your mouth and nose also. But I don't think that's any better. With that being said, the treatment is effective against a limited number of diseases. The FDA has also warned that it also could, 
carry, sorry, severe health risks and kill you. So, uh, this man's case, it worked. He decided he could die on the operating table or drunkenly crashing his car into oncoming traffic one day. So he, went, he said, let's go for it. Uh, on, on another note, it wasn't just anybody's poop. Uh, the poop sample was provided by the man's 22-year-old daughter. What a daughter. So anyways, this was a great success. He got his driver's license back. The doctor said now he can even enjoy a real beer. And if he's feeling tipsy, who knows? It's probably because he's just drinking real beer. Uh, he got his license back. Yeah, that's, that's good. So yeah, the man has been free of ABS symptoms for three years now. All right, final two stories here. This last one was a Lego piece falls from a boy's nose after being stuck for two years. Seven-year-old Samir Anwar was sniffing cupcakes when his mother saw something. Uh, um, Samir Anwar from Dunedin, New Zealand, or Dunedin, told his parents that he had put the Lego in his nose while he was playing back in 2018. His father, Udasir Anwar, told the New Zealand Herald that they tried themselves, but they just couldn't get it out. They eventually took him to a GP who could also not see the small piece. I'm taking that means general practitioner, I don't know. The doctor told Samir may not have put the piece in his nose, but if he had, it would enter his digestive tract and pass naturally. Um, I think we've all been there. Put things in our ears and our nose. Mr. Anwar said since, since then he's never complained or anything, and the family had forgotten about it. However, on Saturday, Samir felt a pain in his nose after sniffing some cupcakes, telling his parents he might have snorted some crumbs. His mother helped him blow the piece out and saw the Lego come out of his nose. His father said his eyes were wide open and he was like, Mom, I found the Lego. You were telling me it wasn't in there, but it was there. Mr. Anmore added, it was a shock, you know, and it had some fungus on it. It's <laughs> pretty disgusting. And there is a picture of the Lego and what it is is, if you're familiar with Lego, uh, it's just the hand, like a Lego hand, the little stem and the little C shape. Um, yeah, pretty sickening. And our last story of the evening comes to us from CNN. Yes, CNN. David Blaine. You guys are familiar with David Blaine. He's the weird magician guy that freaks everybody out. David Blaine successfully flies over the Arizona desert holding onto nothing but helium balloons. Uh, David Blaine just managed to do what so many can only dream of, flying up in the air using a bunch of balloons. The illusionist floated over the Arizona desert Wednesday by holding onto about 50 giant helium balloons. His latest stunt, titled Ascension, is his most ambitious feat yet. I don't know if that's true. Maybe. I've seen some pretty stupid stuff he's done. Where he was like in a block of ice or something like that for a week. Or he was like suspended in a plexiglass box over New York for like a week or something like that. I don't. And then holding his breath for I forgot how long it was. Oh, very uh, dumb things to do, and yet very entertaining for me. Uh, I can't imagine that many people would have dreamt of doing it," said David. He began his ascent Wednesday morning, and the performance took about an hour from liftoff to landing. And the event was live streamed on YouTube and is still available now. Just type in David Blaine Ascension. His initial goal was to reach an altitude of 1,800 feet. He ended up floating 24,900 feet, or about 4.7 miles, uh, before skydiving and parachuting back to the ground. 
Wow, he exclaimed as he landed. That was awesome. And with David Blaine saying it, I would imagine it would be more like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Area 81 Newscast. I hope it finds you all well, healthy, happy, and uh, remember, uh, make someone smile today. Thanks for listening. Much love. I'll talk to you guys later. This has been your Area 81 Newscast with your host, Oh Yeah!